Is that okay with everyone? If we just go over, is that cool? Okay, thanks. Oh, great. Well, that's good because this is without a doubt going to be a shorter than normal episode. Without a doubt. You know why? Uh, chicken thigh? <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard stop. Oh, hard stop, guys. I have a hard stop. I have a hard stop at, let's call it five. Well, you shouldn't have told me that because you, you know what happens whenever you tell someone that you have a hard stop. They always go over. Oh, I know. And of they course. keep asking. This is how they do it. They go, uh, I, I know everyone has a hard stop, but let me just get through this. I just have a few more things to cover. I just got to say this one more thing. Yes, because everything that you had to do, all you people had to do after this doesn't matter. What I want to do matters. I don't have a hard stop, but can, can you give me like just five more minutes? Yeah, it's, I, just, I, think that we, okay? I think we can get this get through this yeah. in just five more minutes. Is that okay with everyone if we just go over? Is that cool? Okay, thanks. Oh, great. Oh, and someone, I know someone new came on. Can you introduce yourself really quick? You guys are team players. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, uh, 95th episode, man. 95. Five more until 100. Can you believe that? I can't believe we're getting to, to 200. I can't believe I've tolerated you for this long. You've been taller than me for like, <laughs> how long have I known you? 14, 15 years, yeah, 16 the, years? I don't know. This is like getting in a, a small cage with you <laughs> for an extended period of time or something. <laughs> you saying I shower? Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. Not on Wednesdays though. Or do you? <laughs> it's every other day. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. You know, some experts say that you should not shower every day. I uh, co-wash. Is that what you're supposed to? You're supposed to co-wash. Never heard of that. I read it somewhere and I was like, what the hell is co-washing? You wash with someone else and <laughs> it's, it's, you're, you're supposed to like not wash your hair with shampoo every day. Right. And so you, you use conditioner okay. on the off days that you're not washing with See, soap. And if I didn't wash, shampoo. if I went a day without washing my hair, I'd wake up in the morning, it would be so greasy and just gross. Well, I have all these products to get my hair to stand. I know, way. me too. Yeah. I'm with my thinning old guy's hair, you know, takes, takes a lot of product to make this thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little shorter than usual at some point in time you like don't go get a haircut for a while and it's just like turning into this elvis yeah look. yeah oh, i can totally do it. i've got a what do you call it a um uh there's a word for that is it a bouffant or something <laughs> no um what is that called anyway um yeah so where, where do you think we'll be on episode 100 what are we going to do anything for that oh wait, I, know, I can tell you where we won't be for sure <laughs> for episode 100 that would be dreamforce <laughs> Yeah, we won't be. We've uh, we've kind of talked ourselves. Well, we, we've talked it over and over and debated and went back and forth. And you were definitely out because you weren't getting a, a pass. Yeah, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but I mean, I have had offers for people to pay or partially pay for my Dreamforce pass. And I'm just like, no, I'm not. I will not have it. I will not have <laughs> a dollar going to that. I don't care who. I don't care who it's coming from. But no. I, I, I can. I was kind of. I was planning on going and I have registered and everything. I'm going to have to undo my registration, but, um, and I, I get a free pass with the MVP, but you know, what really turned me off the road to Dreamforce site with all the videos and everything. It just, that more than anything turned me off because I didn't, I didn't feel like from watching those, if, if that's representative of what sales Dreamforce is going to be like and what it has been like the, the many times I've gone, I'm like, I'm not going to learn anything new. I'm not going to gain any kind of insight that I couldn't get sitting here in the comfort of my own office or my own home because um, the, the keynotes will be broadcasted and everything. And the only thing I'll be missing out on is, is getting to meet 
you know, and, and talk to a lot of people, but that's a lot of money to just go and meet and talk to a lot of people. I feel like I'm, I'm much better served maybe, maybe going to a different conference, maybe going to a developer conference yeah. and, and learn something, you know, that's specific for development. Yep. No, that I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, and nowadays reinforced, I mean, that's really not where you learn new things about Salesforce that it has ceased. It's what it's what it used to be, but it has ceased to be that. And now it's, you know, they'll make, they'll make some new and they'll announce this Einstein thing, which we can talk about, um, which will be absolute vaporware. I mean, the things from Dreamforce a year and two years ago are still basically vaporware. So it's just all a bunch of smoke and mirrors and bluster to make Wall Street happy, to keep everyone excited about Dreamforce. Yeah, I can't keep say any of the keynote speakers or anybody well, here, here's, else. Here's what you'll miss if you don't go to Dreamforce. All right. Um, customer everything, uh, women everything, uh, trailhead everything, um, and uh, Einstein. And one, one, one. No, you forgot lightning. Yeah. Or is lightning um, old now? Lightning's already all over everything, so I, I don't know. I mean... It's kind of like everything was going to be chatter. Yeah. Chatter was going to be it. Chatter was going to be the new UI. Chatter was going to be Salesforce. Chatter, yeah, Chatter Files, Chatter... Isn't there a Chatter Q&A, or is that something else? You know, Chatter um, Box. <laughs> yeah. No, there's ch- Chatter Answers. Yeah, Chatter Answers. <laughs> yeah, it's all getting rebranded know. to Lightning. I, I actually went back to, to some of those old articles and looked at that. I mean, chatter. people are still trying to figure out if thun- if the thundercloud is a, a thing or not. Still, I I don't think it's I don't think it was ever really. Well, that's what I mentioned um, when Adam um, Bos was it Bosworth, and he already left Salesforce. But they're still they're still touting IoT, and all these media outlets are still you know sure. touting IoT as it this new innovation yet. thing well, that they built. Of course, it's on, but. <clears throat> When, if, and when Salesforce releases something IoT, it's going to be, as with most of their products, maybe under the hood there's there's some kind of technology there, but it, it's going to be it's going to be a dumbed down. It's going to be IoT on bumpers, IoT on rails. You know, I don't know if that's fair. I just think that all these all these different silos of technologies. How's that it, not fair? That's what they do with things. That's yeah, exactly what it's going to be. But that's what most companies do with those things. Unless they decide to specialize and really dedicate a lot of time and effort to, to that piece of technology they acquired or that sector they're getting into, it's just going to be a, another, another, check on, another check on the list. It's not going to be this best of breed tool. What's not Salesforce? No, whatever they're bringing in, you know, whether it's IoT or, you know, because I mean, the core of Salesforce is CRM and anything outside of that core but honestly, it takes a lot of energy a, to try and get into those. There's models. all these tools and technologies that already exist that you can you could build your IoT solution on. What Salesforce is going to do, they're going to use those same types of things. The same Apache products, the same AWS services. And they're just they're just going to package it and and you know, put code everything in rubber so that you don't hurt yourself. Well, that's where I think sales if this is if this is so, so the way Salesforce seems to be marketing is, is that they're going to be your IoT platform and I think that's a mistake. I think I think Salesforce should be have the position of we're going to consume your IoT information. We're going to make that valuable to your sales, to your service, to your you know your field teams. That should be their position. Not we're going to build this technology and you're going to use us for IoT. That just that just doesn't seem like that's going to work. That doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to be viable. Right. I, th- I think Salesforce is way too distracted with other things to make something like that happen. And you know we can't. We I think it's easy for us to get, but we have to remind ourselves Salesforce is a is a marketing and PR driven company. 
most of their customers are marketing and sales organizations. So it doesn't make sense to give hardcore technology to them. They wouldn't know what to do with it, right? It's, you have to, you know, Salesforce sells, you know, safety approved, rubber coated products. You know, oh, you can't handle Java. You can't handle actually deploying something. You can't handle DevOps. You can't handle Docker. We're going to give you this thing that has five to ten minute compile times for a file. Uh, are we going to get into that? We are going to get into that. Today. Yeah, no, we will. We, well, we have to figure out, though, what we're, what we're going to do for episode 100. Um, I, have something, I have something that I'm working on. It's a collage of sorts that I'm working on for that episode. I've been going back to older episodes and, and, uh, it, that's, that's a hard thing. Cause it, it would be easy if we were, you know, 15, 30 minute shows. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we've, we've consistently been an hour, hour and a half to two hours. I mean, should we, should we try to record somewhere special or bring I had in, that thought. I thought, like I thought maybe guests? we could, maybe because we got friends in high places, we could maybe go to the growler and, uh, see if they'll let us in before they actually open. And record a half, at least half the episode right before they open. Yeah, what time would that be? Ten? Yeah, around ten. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is that, it, that is, be it okay to, is it okay to drink beer at ten in the morning? <laughs> it's it's uh, past noon somewhere. It, it will be a special day, right? So you can break the rules. <clears throat> um, what do we just let's talk about? Okay, so that's episode one hundred, but episode ninety six, which is our next one. That is on, let me look at my calendar. That is on the 31st, which is the day that Salesforce is supposed to announce their earnings, but it will be after the close of bell, close of trading, right? After the bell rings. So we're probably going to record Thursday, Friday, next week? Well, we can either record late on Wednesday, or we can record Thursday. That's if we want to talk about their financials. We probably should, though, because that... That news goes stale so fast. That's one of those things we need to record it right after it happens and then release it as quick as possible. Yeah, no, you're a bit of a Nazi when it comes... Well, Every time we do an episode concerning financials, you're like, when are we going to get out? When are we going to get out? Well, and any, I'm trying any, to do show notes and all yeah, this kind of Any of this stuff. Some of, it's, some of, it's, some of it is, has, has a very short shelf life. Some of it, especially nowadays with the Slack, a lot of it is related to Slack conversations that have like, you know, recently happened. And that's why I'm always like, I want to get it out quickly because yeah. they're kind of relevant. Anyway, well, we in the interest of your hard stop, um, let's get a beverage going. Yeah, I'm thirsty. Uh, where is my glass? Is my glass? All right, so this is one of those I told you about last week. This is by Trillium, and where are they? Boston, Massachusetts, somewhere. Oh, they're in Boston. A taste. Yeah. This is Congress Street. It's an India Pale Ale. A trillium, and they're one of these makers of this program, new, isn't it? newfangled style of beer that, that the people call New England IPAs. I don't even think they should be called IPAs because it's such a different type of product. They're always super hazy. There you go. I got it. People also call them juice bombs because they generally have fairly low bittering for an IPA, and but they have loads of late edition hops and dry hopped. Mm-hmm. So they're usually pretty juicy. A lot of citrus on the nose. Yeah. 
These also have this style of beer has a, just a crap shelf life. It's already I already think it's not as fresh as what it was when I had it a couple of weeks ago. It's a bit like orange juice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they're going for. It's got that heavy citrus and then then the get the bitterness from the from the hops. This beer gets a 99 on Beer Advocate. That's a that's a breakfast beer if I ever had one. The nose bursts with pine, citrus rind, melon, and pineapple. Pronounced flavors of peach, clementine, and tropical fruits are accentuated with moderate bitterness and balanced by a light biscuity malt character. Is that what you were thinking? Of course, exactly. Those those were my words exactly. Right. Pulled them right out. Well, John, let's just jump into it. You've got topics? Uh, just, just a well. I don't. We don't have time to get into this, and we'll probably get into it into the financials. But we've been talking about Salesforce's financials and how recently there've been a lot of articles, kind of setting expectations low. You know, it's not. It's probably it's it's doom and gloom over there. It's not. It's not going to be that. And so, what I saw recently, and I think this was today. What's what's today? Yeah, this was today. So, Benzinga, um, their title. They have an article titled "Jim Cramer gives his opinion on Chipotle, Salesforce, and McDonald's." And when I looked at this article this morning, um, he had three picks that were that he was saying, these are good. These are still good. And all of them were green because he they put the the stock ticker and whether or not they're up or down. And this morning everyone was green. Chipotle's still green. Workday was green, but now it's down. Uh Salesforce was green and now it's down. <laughs> um but he said he added he sees no evidence that Salesforce.com is going to have a soft quarter. I had that exact quote. What? Uh, just that Jim Cramer has no evidence. No. Except uh, ex- except all the evidence. <laughs> anyway. I just thought, I, I I went to click on this article so I could read that quote, and then I was like, huh, that used to be all green. I know. Now they're all red. Hmm. Hey, if Jim Cramer says it, case closed. There you go. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. He has no idea. Maybe Jim Cramer has no idea. He's always fun for entertainment. Now, I do wonder, you know, obviously Salesforce has, trying, has tried to soften expectations mm-hmm. um, so that there's no dramatic drop in share price or anything else. But it does make you wonder, though, is, it, is this really just a minor thing? Because a, a lot of the analysts who have said that, okay, yeah, they're, they're, we have noticed some softening or we've doing the, we're doing channel checks, um, a lot of them have also tempered that with, but we don't think there's any long-term problem here whatsoever. <clears throat> of course, we won't know that <laughs> until three months from now, <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyway, um, another one of my small kind of toss away articles is um, uh, I don't know if I want to get into this one, but it's 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 on the health cloud. It's it's not really anything we really cover a lot. I just I just wanted to bring it up because Salesforce has been touting health cloud and pushing it quite a bit. And I just wonder, are, it, it isn't what, I don't think it is what people thinks it, think it is. It's not like it's, well, it's this. It's this not what Salesforce hosp- portrays it as. It's not this tool that's going to run hospital and patient records and all those, because I, I don't know if people realize this, but there's a lot of laws in everything associated with health and medical records that, you know, requires compliance. And, and so there's only so much you can do before you start entering into a world of, being under that compliance. In fact, the, the government has whole websites dedicated and even little FAQ questionnaires that you can ask yourself questions and go, uh, do I need to be under this compliance? Yeah. 
Um, so, so I find it odd that there's so much attention on this. Like it's this huge tool that's going to change the medical industry, but I'm like, it, it can't because if it does, then it has requires us compliance. And that's going to require a whole different set of people to help implement and, and do all this stuff. And it's still, it still seems disjointed. Basically, if you want to do anything with HealthCloud, you've got to get Accenture involved. You've got to get MuleSoft involved. Yeah. You know, just yeah, to because get, even integrations, they require certain... Um, these healthcare, EHR, EMR yeah. systems, they're, they're a mess. Each one of them is basically a custom implementation. Um, I've dealt with some of these things, and it's... Yeah, there's, there's no out of the box. But the, the news was, uh, they have video chat now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't we have some issues like that? We we had to be really careful of because you were you were working on an app and you kind of brought me in a little well, bit. Yeah, on because it. it becomes an encounter that has right. to all be documented. It's like, okay, right. what do you do now? Do I store you know terabytes of video of all these encounters or right? I don't know. It's just it is what it is. Well, uh, that that brings to mind something else, so we can move through it really quickly. Is I noticed that Health Cloud and Financial Cloud, Finance Cloud, Financial Cloud, I don't know what it's called. Is it the wealth management cloud? Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was finance something or financial. Um, either way, I've noticed that they're actually included in the release notes. I don't know if I didn't notice this before, but when I was looking through that, the last pre-release one, I noticed they were in there. Is the Thundercloud in those? I didn't see it. It might really? be. Oh, wow. I'm so surprised. But that, that, that seems odd because previously they didn't really include these quote-unquote clouds in the release notes. Well, they do. They do because everything's a cloud. I mean, what used to be called Salesforce is now called the sales cloud. Yeah, I mean, but the industry-specific ones, they didn't include. Right. Like, they right. had these general, you know, financial, or I'm sorry, um, marketing cloud or services cloud or sales cloud. You know, those were in there. Yeah. But the, the kind of industry-specific ones never were because all they really were were, you know, pre, you know a managed package for fields. I'm getting all animated here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <clears throat> but, but when you look at those tools, they, they still feel like they're packaged because when Salesforce went in and created Health Cloud, for the health sector, they still used custom objects. They built it on top of Salesforce, just like we would build it on top John, of Salesforce. Salesforce is a platform. Don't you know that? I just, I guess, Peter I, Coffey said I guess, so. I guess I just expected that if they were going to really commit to these industries, that they wouldn't have under, underscore C after their objects. That they would commit and say, these are their objects. This is built into our platform. These are first-class right. citizen objects. Well, then I think that's just that's evidence of how real those products actually are. Well, I mean, if you, and, and here's the thing it causes is some of us who are evaluating these tools, we know that there have been these attempts before and they were just these managed packages of, you know, someone did on their part time that said, oh, here, or they took some project. Salesforce and, labs. Yeah, and <clears> they, they stuck it out there and said, here you go, here's a starter pack, which is fine. It's fine as a starter pack. But from that experience, we learned this kind of sucks or this has bad code or this is this is it's it's all this stuff that sits on top so it's bound by all these ba these limits and everything there's really nothing inherent in the platform built for this right and so when i went and evaluated um, financial cloud i looked at it and i was expecting to see native objects for these these objects they were using which would made me made me feel better which would have made me feel better which would have made me feel like yeah they're committing to this this is going to be a real product one day and instead i saw underscore underscore c yeah, and I've looked at, I'm trying to think of examples, like um, in the education space, you know, they came up with this, it's a managed package, and they call it HEDA. I call it HEDA the PETA, you know what <laughs> PETA stands for. But the HEDA stands for Health and Something Data Architecture, higher, no, Higher Education Data Architecture. And 
they think they have figured out what the exact data model for higher ed needs to be. Hmm. And like, I've worked with a higher ed client and they're like, um, no, not going to do it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they even came to us and tried to get us to, I mean, when we've built like all this great stuff um, that is really, you know, like, uh, what, do, what, do you, what do you call them? Case study worthy stuff. I mean, really great stuff um, on Salesforce. It actually is it's a good case study for how, what you can do with Salesforce mm-hmm. if you're willing to put up with Salesforce. Um, but you know, they came to this client and said, you know, we want, uh, we want you to do HEDA. I'm like, what are you, serious? We have, you know, who knows how many lines of code and, and all this stuff and, you know, integrations and all these things. <laughs> and, and plus we looked and we're like, no, that data structure's wrong and this one's wrong and that's not going to work because of this. And, and it's, you get, the, you get the feeling that these guys had a couple of meetings, drew on some whiteboards, and they're like, yep, we got it. We got it figured out, guys. We're good. All right. Uh, Roadshow, go to the universities and uh, get it, you know, get them to sign off on it. Get it installed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, some of these things, and, and, and I know that they're, this, this focus they've had on verticals in the past year or two, it, it is a bigger effort than what we had seen before. Yeah. But they've had that, you know, these wealth management packages and there's been education packages and they're just, that's what it is. Some Salesforce labs guy, they went in there and said, hey, yeah, we need, we need you guys to build a thing that's, you know, it needs to be for wealth management and just make sure it's got some reports and some custom objects. And <laughs> because well, there's, even, there's even communities was that way. Like communities and the idea exchange, it was like this base package you had to go out and install. And then it was, it was just weird. It wasn't like this native thing that they built that, was part of the platform. It's always felt like this tack on that you just tossed well, on. Maybe that's the power of the platform. Maybe, maybe. I, I guess so. I mean, that, that's how we got started. That's how people got those things implemented. But but they'd have to be managed packages, right? Uh, not no, that, they weren't. They weren't managed. They were just. So you better hope you don't have things already named well, the way they named things. Yeah, right? they were unmanaged packages. Okay, yeah. right. Because so, you can change the code, <clears throat> and which means hopefully you don't already have objects named in the. You know, with with the same name as what theirs are. Yeah, but the problem with using a labs application that's an unmanaged package is you can see the code. What's wrong with that? Because it's ugly code. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't feel when I look at the code, I go, I don't feel comfortable with this yeah, at all. Right. I'd rather not see the code and go, okay, it does this and this. I, I, I imagine it's got some really cool stuff behind the scenes, right. really elegant code. <laughs> it just maybe doesn't do what you want right. to do. But it's, now I can see the code and go, oh, this yeah. sucks. Yeah, you'd rather you'd rather not know. <laughs> I'm just gonna rewrite this from scratch. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, oh, well, so there was something else related to um, some of this. I don't even know if you call it bad news, whatever. Um, but there was an article, and you know, you still got to cover these. Salesforce, where ambition has its price. Was this a, this a Wall Street Journal thing? Mm. And again, most of these articles, whether it's the big Forbes um, smooch fest that they did on Benioff this yep. week, or I mean, they're all e- e- pretty equally poorly uh, researched and sourced, but. This one was, you know, I just took some notes here. So seven M&A deals have been done this year, which is more than all of last year. And that includes the demandware acquisition, which was $2.8 which is, I guess, the largest ever. Mm -hmm. I I forget. I I guess the exact target was, what, 1.7? For some reason, I thought it was more than that, but I think it was in the high ones. Didn't um, didn't that, wasn't that a combination of cash and stock? I don't remember. Oh, which one? Um, the demandware? No, the other one. Exact target. Exact target. It's probably a lot of stock. I don't remember. Maybe not. Um, 
And then they, they're, they're saying that investors are worried that the rush of deals may be masking a slowdown. Uh, in its next report on August 31st, Salesforce um, needs to persuade in, investors that its ambitions don't come at too high a price. And we've been, it's interesting though, in the press, we've been seeing this. We've been hearing this for the past couple of weeks now. Yeah. Are they hiding something? You know, they've done all these acquisitions and you can show by the numbers that they have not gotten a return on these acquisitions. Right, the numbers are getting worse. Um, but I don't, I don't know that acquisitions is an indication of that. I just, I just think if you don't no, have the money to you spend, have to look and at, you're spending you have a lot to look of money. at return on investment, return on assets, return on all these things. Yeah, right? but I mean, and, look at Microsoft. I mean, they they were printing cash and they were doing a ton of acquisitions, mainly to get rid of any any potential of competition. That's a different point. What am I? Po- but uh, I'm just saying, my, Microsoft, Microsoft had a good return on those investments. Not all of them. I didn't say all of them. I'm just speaking in general. I know, in, some, general. in the major ones. I'm just saying an acquisition in itself doesn't mean that there's trouble. It's just growing the portfolio. It's growing the No, but when you have a lot of acquisitions and you've got nothing but in the red on all of them, that, that, that is trouble. Okay, right? I'll give you that. And so the question is, though, and what I'll give Salesforce is, a lot of these acquisitions have been around, you know, intel- and I'll just, like, artificial intelligence, right? Which, I'm sorry, but the state of artificial intelligence right now sucks. Yes. Siri's not impressive. Alexa's not impressive. No. None of these ad systems are, I mean, I get ads for things that I bought two weeks ago. I mean, they're it's, impressive it's, it's on the surface. It's a total waste of money. It's a waste of money. They're impressive on the surface, but I've, I've tried to code for Alexa and everything, and it's, it's kind of tedious. It's very tedious. It's, it's a lot of action, verb, um, noun. It's just these base things it recognizes within the context, and then you act on those. It's, I, it's not intelligence. I hate that they call it's it not intelligence, intelligence. No, because it's not. Right. It's not intelligent deriving context. It's just it's picking out the verbs and, and the nouns so that you can you know, execute right. an action based on that. And, and slick uh, animations in D3.js, are, that is also not intelligence. Does someone call that intelligence? Well, people call it intelligence all the time. Really? I, I, didn't, I didn't know it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know pre-programmed animations were, was intelligence. But I mean, Salesforce is talking, you know, they're, the things they're going towards are, you know, telling you when to email someone or when to, you know, when you should do this on some deal and that. I'm just like, okay, I don't know. As sure. with all the, I Try mean, I, I hope they're doing something with that because, it, again, they have spent a bunch of money and probably a bunch of time on these and they need to get, they need, they need to get a return. Now, Will they be able to? Will they be able to come out with some add-on? Or I don't, I don't know if it's a separate product. They've got this Einstein thing. <clears throat> you know, will people buy that? Will customers? I don't know. I mean, maybe they may have some success getting people to to buy that. I'm just skeptical that it's actually going to be a truly well, useful technology. Well, what's the value in in artificial intelligence when it comes to CRM? If 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 the tech technological limitations were not an issue. Pie in the sky, AI, what would it do for CRM? I'm going to click on the Salesforce IQ ad here. Oh, letting Salesforce IQ, this might take a few seconds. I get a loading thing. You know, when you're buying Google ads, and they're probably expensive, and someone clicks on it, do not have an animated waiting logo Mm. when someone clicks on it. Yeah. It's just not smart. Um, I'm not a fan of these sites that do have animated waiting signs. I don't. I don't. There's no reason for it. This is really weird. Uh, I was hoping this, this would give me some reason why I'd want this. Some information, but it all says get started with the free 14 day trial. Sell smarter. 
and start by connecting. They want you to immediately now connect my, your Google account or your Microsoft Exchange account. And it doesn't even tell you what. It doesn't, there's not even Salesforce on this screen. Except for Salesforce IQ in the top corner. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, what is this? What's this going to do? Spend your time where it matters. Just connect Salesforce IQ to your Google or Exchange and your CRM solution is ready to go. In no time, your emails, meetings, and phone calls will are automatically captured, keeping your deals up to date. Okay, that is not intelligence. No. That's just data capture. Data captured automation. I mean, it's it's triggered automation. It's not okay. Salesforce IQ intelligently filters your opportunities and surfaces the deals that need your attention most. Just sorting algorithms. Is that the one you just yeah with the last update? Which one has the oldest last update? The yeah. last activity date. See, we're muddying the waters of artificial I mean, intelligence. I, don't know. I mean, the idea that that a CRM is going to it at its native base is going to somehow be able to tell you when and how to sell. What purpose is that? Does Do you that, not hire good salespeople? Are you looking to hire minimum wage people to sell your products and just let the system tell them to queue them up when to do something? Yeah, I mean, how is Salesforce IQ going to know have more intelligence than my seasoned salesperson? Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what purpose have, Salesforce's IQ was, and I, I, th- I think I it's, either. I think it's getting lumped into the AI sector just because it has a lot of intelligence. It has a lot of opinionated algorithms that try to decide, you know, what should be your priority. Now, let me ask you this, John. This is a, this is an ask, John. I keep scrolling down on the Salesforce IQ, and I get this: lean in, lean in, and it's this picture of all these women. I don't know what that means. What does it have to do with? What does it have to do with? You, Salesforce IQ. I don't know. That's an ask, John. I need an answer. <laughs> How does this help sell Salesforce IQ? How did that help describe something about Salesforce IQ? I don't know. It, it just got inserted like right in the middle of that screen. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I mean, that, 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 that could be a huge topic. <clears throat> I thought about bringing that up with Forbes, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, sales, yeah, okay. Salesforce has bought more than 30 companies in the past five years. That was just the last point, the little data point I captured. That was my own artificial intelligence capturing data. I don't, let's, let's ask the community. In terms of CRM and technology isn't a limit, what purpose would artificial intelligence serve? You know, I mean, I give, think give us give us something, give us something that that says, you know what? If if there was artificial intelligence that did this and this, yeah, that, that would serve CRM well, right? What are the use cases? Yeah. Well, I mean, so basically, what artificial intelligence does is it it looks at your data and t- should tell you relevant things about your data that you you don't know already. That's analytics. No, yes. analytics. No, analytics. The, the intelligence part comes from from a from a someone taking that analytic data and making a decision on it, making a decision that we would make on it. Right, making Ju- it, and uh, our decision process is based on experience. It's based on the data and experience, and in our own um, biases, really. But, but I, what I'm saying is, this it would make a decision. It would say, "Listen, you go work this opportunity. You need to call this guy now." That's that's a decision. Yeah, the analytics, the analytics would just say, "Oh, here's here's a pretty graph of all the people you haven't called, sorted by." Last no, that's, that's what analytics has become under this new world of analytics, where Wave is analytics because it's got pretty charts. But it, analytics is, is anal- more than that. Okay. Data science is more than, than, than what they're trying to make it. It's more than, than pretty graphs. It's more than pretty pictures. 
it's real data. It's real statistical data that has to be analyzed and understood for patterns. Well, I agree with that. I mean, if you are not, if you don't understand, again, like, you know, p-values and confidence intervals, and if you're not doing f-tests and t-tests on your hypotheses, then you probably are not making the right decisions. Yeah, and you know I, what? And you know what? Wave it probably, I don't think Wave is doing, does Wave do that? Does Wave do these things? Does it, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, and, and you know what? In terms of analytic platforms and what it can do and the capabilities and the, the type of algorithms it uses and the resulting outputs, I'm not too, I'm not all that familiar with, with it as you are because you're a, with you're wave? a Sigma karate I'm chopper. I'm familiar with statistics. I'm not familiar with wave. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying you're, you're familiar with st- statistics. You're, right. you're a Sigma black belt. So you had to go through all, well, you know all that before. Right. Anyways, Jeremy's awesome. I'm a nerd. When it comes to math and stuff, so... <laughs> If you need someone to do that, go to Jeremy. I suck at calculus. Don't come to me. But I'm good at statistics. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking I was going to write a game engine once upon a time. <laughs> so my math is around geometry and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not around statistics. A lot of calculus in, yeah. in game oh, engines. Yeah. That's the hard part. <laughs> oh, and scaling algorithms and everything. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. no. Anyways, I digress. What was I trying to say? Oh, I mean, I, I, I think aside from... I'm going to call them buzzwords, but aside from the buzzwords around analytics, it really comes down to just kind of being able to take the data, analyze it for patterns, and then make some kind of educated decision based on that. A pretty chart, I don't think gets you there. I, I think the pretty chart is, is the presentation. It's someone that says, okay, I've analyzed this data. Here's the results of that data. So I'm going to create this graph to represent that data so that it's easier for everyone to understand and visualize. Right. That's the purpose of charts and graphics and that's infographics people, that's what people and all call those kind analytics, of things. Though. Well, it is, but it's that's the output of analytics. It's not analytics. It's the output. It's the output of that analytics. It's someone who was really smart and did the the research and studying and everything, and then outputted that so that the rest of us can understand and ingest that information. But it's up to <clears throat> so up to the humans though to be able to just you know click and drill down through these things and and understand the semantics of the graphs. Exactly, because those graphs can be interpreted in many different ways. Yeah. So that's right. why that's why there's a big thing about, okay, I see this graph, let me see the data. Or I see this 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 conclusion you drew from this survey of information. Let me see the root data so I can see how you interpreted it. Because how that data scientist or whoever analyze that information and came to a certain conclusion out of that could be very different from the way you were. And so I, I think when it comes to AI, what people are hoping for is that the, the ways that we make a decision, you know, the way we inject our bias, our emotional kind of thought bringing into it, our, our own uh, bias is probably a good blanket word for mm-hmm. that. That's the part I think people want to eliminate with AI when it comes to these systems is they want to Eliminate the bias and just stick to the raw logic output of it, so that right. the so that the output is is far more honest, far more stringent. Or and also, I mean, in in certain on certain axes, right? Computers can are way more powerful than our brains are. No, they can run a thousand different regression tests over your data real quickly to find out where there's correlation or what those kind of things. Like our brains could never do that. It's telling us things and bringing us you know, actionable, or even making, in some cases, making decisions on things that we could never do in our head. And you would have to sit down and be a statistician and have, and line up all these data sets and manually do, run all these tests or whatever. Or, I mean, I guess you could build some system to do it, but that's kind of what Salesforce is doing, right? 
I don't know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm just talking. <laughs> hey, well, John. anyways, if anyone has any ideas on how AI could serve a, serve a true purpose, let us know. Yeah, Get well, on our Slack community and tell us. I'm sure there is. And I, I'm just, I'm not super familiar with what those use cases would be other than just these canonical ones. Like, yeah, I, oh, I it'll, tell you, it. it'll tell you what deal you need to work on right now or you know, okay. Yeah, and if the purpose is to get rid of salespeople because you want some computer to do it, I don't know. Is that really the way we want to go with? And this I guarantee world? you, by the time Dreamforce starts, they oh, at Dreamforce, there's going to be all kinds of case studies from big companies about how Einstein has changed their business, enabled them to do all sorts of new things, and it's made them all this time. I promise you. <laughs> On this brand new product that no one's Something ever that seen. that doesn't exist. No, you're They'll right. have some use case of someone that said, it changed everything. They did that with Wave two years ago. Yeah. Uh, did they? Yes. Uh, and that was a good year before you could basically get it in anything. I don't remember that. And, and, and you know what? Maybe that was true, because there were some pilot customers, but, I mean, man, it was so raw and... Just not very capable. I mean, I, when you go back and listen, if you go back and listen to those testimonials, it's mm-hmm. just like, it's very hard to understand how those were even remotely possible. Well, the, <laughs> so I won't mention any names, but someone noticed on, on some of the testimonials, I'm just going to say, I'm going to stick to general terms and I'm, I'm not doing it because I don't have a good example. I'm doing it to protect the identity of everyone involved. But I have heard people tell, tell the story of how the testimonials, if you listen to them very carefully, they're very nonspecific. They'll speak in very general terms of how certs and such things change their thing, but they never specifically say, this product that you announced changed everything. They're, they're very general in the way they John, speak about it. Salesforce are masters of marketing and PR. Of yes, course, they, are. they know how to do this. They hire the best for this. Because Salesforce is not a technology company. It's a marketing-driven company. And it's, it, I mean, like, it always it's has been. Well That's for its them. core. It, it, it is. It's well, doing yeah. well for Benioff, who, who I've, I've been saying is a worth three billion, but this recent article said four billion now. He's jumped a billion. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. To go from three to four billion. Right. I mean, it's a big deal to get to three billion, but right. I mean, what? It's <laughs> only been a year, two years? I mean, at, at the point at which, like, everywhere you go, you stay in the best hotels, you, you round the entire floor just for your family. You know, how, how, more billions after that, what does it even matter? Doesn't. <laughs> so, John, we have some trouble in the Salesforce family. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time you do that, you say that, you go, did you see that? Did you hear about this? <laughs> I think to South Park. And you know the the, the South Park character that, that's the comedian, but he's handicapped? He's like in the... He's got those things on his arms to walk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He always say, he he always starts a joke with, "Did you hear about this? Oh, Did you hear about this?" Oh, <laughs> so I always think about that character whenever you do that. I have to find that. <clears throat> uh, it's like it's just a conversational thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> so apparently Hillary Clinton has been accusing Colin Powell of giving her the advice to use her own email system. Yeah, this is new. And Colin Powell wrote his his office wrote a a press release type of thing. I don't know what you call those, a statement saying, uh, yeah, no, (laughs) no. that didn't happen. (laughs) I didn't give her that advice. Never happened. Yeah. Yeah. For those people that can't see me, my eyes are huge because if if anyone I know who's, who's politically savvy, it's going to be, it's going to be him. And I, I, I I would be shocked if he was the one that gave that advice. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah. We have some, have some (laughs) discord. 
How is... Oh, because Powell is on the board. Okay, I see. Yeah, he's I was wondering, it's like, how is this related well, to the Well, he's on the board, but plus he's been a Dreamforce speaker before, too, so... And yeah. Hillary Clinton has. Yeah. This article also mentioned how uh, Benioff had recently done, did a one of his, you know, a little private... Uh, I don't know what we call him, little liberal powwow fundraiser events. I don't know if he's officially considered a, a bundler. I think but so. But he raised 500000 for Hillary Clinton. I think Clinton. he's considered a bundler. So, no, so just, I mean, just based on two things I know, that 500000 and then she's two Dreamforce things were up to, I think, 600000 So he's up to $1.1 million for Hillary Clinton now. No, I thought it was, I thought her fee was two fifty. Oh, it was three hundred. Was it three hundred? Yeah. That's I thought I both her I thought at both both occasions her fee was two fifty. Um but Bill well, didn't so, so it was either five hundred or six. Bill Clinton was also there and he I'm sure he was at two fifty. Oh Bill was there? Yeah. Okay. I don't recall that. Yeah, it was, he I don't was, know how I missed that, but I think he went one of the years I was there and he was really late because he got held up in traffic and I don't think I was able to stay around because I had to go Mana booth or something. I don't remember. So this this is interesting. This is some things we'll get to avoid by not going to Dreamforce. Politics, all the all Benioff's politics. We can avoid that. We can avoid um, burning our feet on coals because isn't Anthony <laughs> Robbins going to be there again? He is. Uh, so we won't burn our feet. That's good. <laughs> what else do we get to avoid? <laughs> Step almost uh, stepping in human poop. <laughs> Getting peed on. Did by, you get peed on? No, but people people did. Oh. I didn't. I'm an expert urine avoider. <laughs> <laughs> I got a spidey sense for it. <laughs> uh, so, so when, uh, let, let's segue into this Forbes thing because I think one, one of the things that bothered me about the Forbes the, article the was fest. the... <laughs> this guy's written these before, the same guy, Alex Conrad or whatever his yeah, name is. I've seen, he's done these pieces before. on. And I, I think it's pretty cool. He's got, he's got his own Forbes article and he's got that creepy look. I mean, if, if there's any point in time to play the we're all heading to creepy, it's... it's, it's with that picture of, of uh, Benioff because he, oh, he looks yeah. kind of creepy in that picture. He looks like he did it. He did a silent but deadly and someone smelled it and he, and no one knew he did it and he's kind of looking like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I'm surprised they let that picture go. It's supposed to, what is it? I mean, because it's, it's not as much creepy. Well, they, they, I mean, they always try to, for these covers, they always try to put them in this kind of like dark spotlight look where they're kind of looking at you like they've got like the thinking. But, but when he's thinking, he looks like, I don't know. Hey, I, I like the picture, uh, the other picture of him with the with the hat. He looks like in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, you, that's Benioff to me. That's Benioff. That's yeah, casual, comfortable, real Benioff with the hat, just chilling, smiling. Did you see our Slack this, conversation? This picture on Forbes. He just looks like he farted. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did you see the Slack conversation around the the when we were captioning the the hat picture? No, I saw you start that, no. but then I didn't. Uh, I didn't get into it because I was busy. I'm, I'm working. Well, you got to say, I, that was kind of creepy, but we were warned. We're all heading to creepy. We all know that. Yeah. He didn't warn us. <laughs> but it's not as much creepy as it is an evil look. It is an evil, sinister look. He's looking out of the corner of his eyes. He's got an evil grin, and they lit it. They lit him so that his eyes are shaded. Mm. That's just your interpretation. <laughs> we, need a, we need AI on this podcast so that we can get yeah. rid of your bias. My opinion doesn't no, no longer counts. <laughs> No you, bias, Jeremy. What, what if I can prevent you or present you a Six Sigma report that proves that it's an evil, <laughs> it's an evil look? <laughs> I, I will. I have. I, I will have, review <laughs> it with respect, and then and then reject it out of you, based on your bias. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's data, man. The data. It's all about the data. Oh, I will. Go. Okay, so okay, the Einstein. What? What is that? What you want to talk about? Or yeah, was that, was that the Einstein. Forbes? Was it? 
Well, Forbes was about Einstein, right? Well, Forbes was about Benioff being in being once again or longstanding innovator. Although they oh, haven't, yeah, they haven't yeah. really innovated in a while. I mean, they've done things that they've called innovation, but they're not. I mean, Salesforce in itself was an innovation, and the platform in itself was an innovation. Right. I will give them 100% credit yep. for that. Yep. I will give them credit for creating cloud and, and yeah. the term cloud, even though others had, had taken it away from him, like I, Amazon. I will give them credit because their computers are someone else's computers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will give them, I will give them they were first. Yeah. You know, Amazon, screw you. You're not a cloud. Benioff was first. He gets to he gets to name it. He gets to name the baby. But um, I, I they really, have not innovated you know, in a while. I had the same thoughts earlier when after I read this and they're you know talking about their innovation because they they made they were what Forbes named them number two most innovative company or whatever. That's what that's what led into this feature article about mm-hmm. about Benioff. I think. But yeah, when I when I think about okay, what in my mind like what how is how is or was Salesforce innovative and it, and it was <clears throat> it was how they were born. It was how they right. their initial idea on hey let's you know let's do this new take on how you deliver software and yeah it was crusty it was ugly it hardly did anything it was salesforce automation maybe it's basically a contact manager and yeah run run on that computer in that that little apartment that they always like to show pictures of yeah right in the in the closet yeah and that's what it was, right? And it's a very kind of humble beginnings, although they had millions of dollars of investments. So it's, I don't know. I mean, that's still a scary proposition. I mean, it's... Well, it was someone else's it's a money. Startup. It's not that scary. It's a startup <laughs> yeah. back when startups weren't, you know, the darlings of the world. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, this is... Um, oh, come on. What, what, Any, if you if you're, live in San Francisco do you remember and you the, have an idea for something, you can get money. Do you remember the late 90s, John? Were you alive? And was your head not jammed up your rear end? In the 90s? <laughs> Um, I think I was self-loathing listening to Nirvana. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, so that was before Nick, that was before Nickelback. Yeah, <laughs> I was already. Or no, sorry, Coldplay. Nickel, that was before Nickelback Coldplay. came back. I was I was done. I was yeah. like, screw you, because I was. Oh, who was it? Um, ever something. Ever Everclear. Everclear. Yeah, they were the first uh, Mad at Your Dad yeah. group. <laughs> and then how the angry girls like uh, Alanis Morissette, these angry chicks. Oh, Garbage was my favorite. Oh, I love some garbage. <laughs> Title. <laughs> <laughs> they came out with a new album recently, and I was—they're actually pretty Alanis? good still. No garbage. Oh, is that? Oh, that's a band. It's a band. Oh, yeah. It's got a lead female singer. Okay. They were. They were, I was. I was all about them. Grieved, angry young women. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it was a. It was just the lead singer was a girl. Okay. It, it had nothing. It was but, not like anyway. that. It wasn't like that. Anyways, pop the stack. So yeah, the nineties. There were tons of startups. I mean, this was you know startup wasn't. In, Mark Benioff did not invent. Okay, they were innovative. But he did not invent startups. <laughs> no, he didn't. But I'm saying back then, startups were scary. It's not like today where you have this like this 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 pillow, this cushion that these venture capitalists you know put you under. They infuse you with money because they know eh, if that works out, I might buy you. Are you smart enough? Um, even if you don't succeed, I might buy you because you're smart enough. I can yeah. use you. I don't know. I think I think starting a business is always scary. Yeah, I don't want to downplay that. It is scary to start a business. It's scary to go out there on your own. But yeah, I mean, I think they were you know they were innovative with some of their you know web based APIs. That was that was pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, the API is what they did best. I mean, if you if, if you want to talk innovation, the API is awesome. So think further down the road, how were they innovative? So they kept building out, you know, they kept building out CRM. They did. I mean, they, they, they built their workflow engine out and they started building more, innova- more automation tools and into it, the it system. And it took them a while to get up to like, to parity with, um, 
like Siebel and some of these other systems, right? They yeah. were way behind. But even then, I mean, the way you customize the system, the way you declaratively um, put constraints and By declarative, you system. mean use the keyboard and mouse. Yes. Okay. Uh, the that's, mouse. That's, Salesforce uses this keyboard word. I don't know how the Salesforce ecosystem locked onto this declarative. What, what is this? I code using a keyboard and mouse. I know, but I, I just, I don't know. Well, it, it's it's in that you're you're configuring automation, you're configuring algorithms, you're configuring things to do certain things. Yeah, it's not me explicitly telling the computer if this, then this. It's just such an odd word that I think most people, unless you're steeped in the Salesforce world, you don't even know it. Doesn't even resonate. It's like what what do they mean by that? It's just it's an odd word. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess I don't know. I, I've been in the Salesforce world so long. I'm kind of in a bubble. Yeah, oh yeah, we're myself. in the bubble. We I'm, I'm in a bubble myself. We're in, we're in the milieu. Yeah. We, we speak the lingo. But I mean, I, in terms of, of what they've done, I mean, the workflow automation was big. Um, and then really, I mean, e- even though I don't like it, I think it could be better. I wish they had gone a different ro- ro- route. Um, Apex and Visual Force. That was huge. That enabled them to allow you to custom program, but control... Well, that was, the, the that was Salesforce that, solving their own problems, not well, solving, not helping customers solve problems. Either way, it gave us a way to do some stuff. It gave us yeah, a way to do some just, stuff without I, hosting another, hosting it on another server. I have a problem. I just have a problem calling that innovative. Well, okay, so it, it's a problem now that we're getting into more enterprise stuff. But back then, enterprise had that stuff. Enterprise had ways to to integrate with other systems, and they had programmers who could write automation routines, that could write workflow automation. And, and run that within some kind of server or data center, and that was fine. The people that weren't getting served, the people that couldn't do that, were the small to medium businesses. They needed that type of capability, but they didn't have the money to do that stuff. They didn't have the money to, to set all that stuff and host it. So when Salesforce put that out there and said, hey, you could do this. You can, you can program a I mean, trigger. Anyone who can employ some Salesforce developers can employ some... But it takes an investment. It takes an investment in servers. It takes an investment in someone managing those servers. It takes an investment in someone monitoring those servers. It's an investment. But now that that investment is gone, it's just like, I mean, it's central to the the cloud Now you're paying $3,000 for one gigabyte of storage. That's what your investment got you. Yeah, yeah, but I mean the costs off the cost at that time Have you not was seen an that, offset. It was can, an offset of someone's of employing someone to manage servers and code and hardware versus just letting Salesforce do it. Well, it became con- this budgetable yeah. item on the on the on the expense sheet that said, "Hey, we're paying this, but our value was this. We don't have to employ X number of developers. We don't have to employ X number of IT no, guys." No, you still have the developers because you're still doing development. Uh, no, because a lot of it was point and click declarative. That I'm was the selling about, point. That's what you were, that you were not talking about. That uh, what I'm saying is the small to medium business people now had an avenue. You're talking they, about small business. I'm talking about them not having to hire people. You're talking about small business. You keep saying small and medium. I don't think you know what medium business means. I do know what medium business is. They may have to hire a consultant, a developer, to come on and build this this thing they want. Okay. But then once it's built, they don't have to employ them anymore. They don't have to come in and they don't have to be there anymore because it's sitting on the cloud. It's running. They don't have to maintain the servers. They don't have to maintain patches to the code or anything. It's all within Salesforce's environment and it works. So it's a one and done. It's okay. I'm going to engage you for this. But it's not one and done. There's it's not. There's a not maintenance on this. It's not like, I mean, I my bigger I clients. I have code that's we, still working every, today. Every oh, I do too. From way back I when. I do too. But I also have clients that on every release, it's it's lots yes. of hours from lots and of people are, to test 
to fi- to figure out what the bugs are, to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work, and all that kind of stuff. And that's a one percent. I will say that's a one percent. Uh, the majority of stuff that I've done over the over the last thirteen years, and I say majority I mean, this because a, this applies to truly small businesses. What I'm talking about, there are small businesses that have to do. Yes, this. there are small businesses who have invested into the platform and have 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 enabled it with some really complex stuff that does require some oversight. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who who just wanted some integration or just wanted some automation when you click a button, who just wanted some things to do it to do. I'm one and done and gone. I'm five hours into it and out and they have something that works but 10 we, years I, from now. I did this in 1997 with um, this crappy DOS-based Macola system. We'd bring in the people, they'd come in for a day, customize the screen for us and they're gone. Yes, but... This is, this is not... This, again, I'm, I'm just, I just think this is not innovative. That in, its, in and of itself is not innovative. The, the fact that... And, I, I don't know. I, I guess SAP has its own proprietary crappy, right? Crappy German that I can't understand. Right. <laughs> right. I try at one point in time. I thought I was going to be an SAP developer. I bought a book and realized there's a lot of German, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, and, marker. And, did I say? Yeah, I got it. You don't worry about markers. <clears throat> um, I mean, the thing, uh, the thing that gives me heartburn about the development stack that Salesforce exposes is that they they picked a language that by, I would say, the mid-2000s, and I'm speaking about the Java language, was already fairly well disdained amongst developers. Okay? Salesforce-based Apex on Java as it existed at that point, except stripped way back and even much worse than Java was at that point. So... Yeah, okay. I can program in Apex. I mean, it's it's better than not, but when I look at what how you customize Oracle, how you customize ServiceNow, some of these other things, it is not those are better much that's much better technology. And so, and again, maybe some of this is because I'm bitter because I have to work with this crusty 15-year-old technology every day, and especially when it's slow, and we need to get to that because I've only got like Five, 10 more minutes. Yeah. Um, it just, I mean, oh man, it's hard for me to, to say that word innovative. It's hard because I don't think they did it right. They I, did it wrong. I think it's innovative in the fact that it's They spawned, did it wrong and they keep doubling down on it. They may have, but that technology spawned a ton of careers. How many of us out here are developers and we've built our career around Salesforce because, because we can develop on it? I don't think Salesforce was ever it's, architected. It's three or, million, three million developers. John. I don't think Salesforce was ever implemented or or designed in a way that they could in, they could inject and host a jar. Yeah, they did. Right, they didn't architect it that way. Right, right. So this is this is the but compromise. Saying, this we, is we the compromise. We could, with all, developers. we could all be using IntelliJ and you know writing in Groovy or Java seven or, or Java eight. Right, a, a, a pretty decent language. But no, we're not. We're still stuck on basically what we had ten years ago. I think with most things, there is there is a fork and in the road at the innovative. time. I think Apex has not innovated. Apex and Visual Force have not innovative, have not innovated, and now they got this thing called Lightning, which is interesting, but has a lot of problems still. I'm I'm not saying I'm not trying to argue that Visual Force and Apex is innovated. I'm arguing the point that the fact that they enabled that in their platform is innovated. The fact that they had the foresight to say we want to do this. That's innovative because then it led to app exchange and then it led to to people being able to build things native on the platform and sell them. It created that ecosystem. Yeah. 
I'm not saying the technology them itself was innovative. I'm saying the fact that they made the decision to allow it in some form or fashion made it innovative. Yeah, I guess. I, I think overall, the app exchange, when you look back from when it was started until now, I think it's been a disappointment. Um, How so? There's plenty of people making tons of money off of that. Well, we do, first of all, they don't give the numbers. They well, don't give the numbers. You can see the number of apps. There are people who you, have you built can, some tiny little applica- application that was just meant to do this little thing, and it, it took off so much, they were able to build a company around it. There are those stories. I just don't think there's near enough and not near the magnitude. Yeah. It's just it's just relatively not impressive compared to other app stores, right? I mean, there's what what, what is there a couple, couple thousand apps on the App Exchange? I, I don't know. They're, yeah, it's like two thousand, I think. Yeah. Um, and even the even the process for getting on the App Exchange and what they charge and and that that whole thing is just kind of a mess. And I don't know. I mean, the business stores the, in general. I mean, Apple Apple has issues too. I mean, it, it, the, the they whole, have issues, but Apple, it's other than your ninety nine dollar thing is free, and you basically get in in a day now. And then sell, and you know, with Dreamforce, they sent a thing saying, "Hey, you've if you want to, if you want your app to be ready by Dreamforce, you better set, submit it like two months in advance." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the business model is innovative. I'll give them that, but the actual nuts and bolts choices they made, yeah. the technology they ended up developing, it's was now it might have been. It might have been better than everything else at the time. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to go back to you know. Is that enough to make it innovative? You'd have to. You have to. In, I think in certain ways better than everything else. I said That's it might innovation. have been. I said it might have been. I, I said you have to. You, you, I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, acquiescing anything. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. You could go back to 2006. When did they? When did? When did? Uh, when did they do Apex and Visual Force? Crap. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I, I was I was there. I was, I was, but also one thing you have to give them. I guess it's some innovation credit on is when you look at just and this is when I get on enterprise software. And unfortunately, Salesforce is falling into this because I just don't see it. There's really no way they can't. Enterprise software just sucks. I mean, look at how janky and strewn all over the place and not well integrated all the Salesforce stuff is nowadays. I mean, some of the UI is kind of okay. Some of it's terrible. Some of the screens look completely different. You can tell it's just this mismatch of some acquired stuff and some stuff that's just been completely abandoned and they haven't improved these screens in literally 12 years or something, right? Um, That's enterprise software. That's what happens to enterprise software. I don't know. I mean... Listen to some of John. I I listen to have any go classic, back and classic. Go back and listen up. to John Syracuse's rants on Enterprise mm-hmm. Software. On what was his podcast called? Um, uh, uh, I could, I could analyze. What was it called? Analy- no. no. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Where he I, I complained about technology. Yeah, it wasn't hypercritical. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that they don't do that anymore, though. But I don't think so. The episodes still there, right? But just you know. Everything from the, the horrible VPN clients to whatever. I mean, this is just enterprise software. It's it's software that's not made for the people that are using it. It's made for the people that buy it. And that's and that, just that's just very clear. That's what happens when you get an Apex enterprise. Is, Apex is not made for developers. It's made for people who buy sales and marketing systems. No, I mean Apex. The was... tooling for all this is not made for discerning <laughs> developers. The speed of this, John, is not made for discerning developers. I'm, I'm not that... Oh, okay. Let's get into the speed Let's thing. get into the speed. I, I, this we'll is a, this we'll is get a, into the, the philosophy of it some other time. Let's get into the speed. Okay. Today has sucked. It's not just... This is, by the way, this is an issue that's been going on for about two weeks. Salesforce knows it, and nothing on trust. There are cases open for this. There are, sell, there are sales, Salesforce... The, the right people at Salesforce know about this. 
nothing on trust. In fact, they that question was asked. Well, why is this not on trust? And they're like, their answer is, well, we don't even know how things get on trust, so they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still getting likes on my my tweet that 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 actually illustrated that at one point in time there was service disruption reported, and a few hours later it was gone. It was just it was just, just a yellow. It, it, it was, was yellow, kind of like a, it was whitewashed. It was whitewashed. Yeah, it was just gone. Yeah. Well, I've seen things go from like when they're happening that's red for an hour, like complete outage. And then when it shows it in the historical view after that time has passed, it's changed to yellow. And I lucked out. I I went back to it and refreshed that screen and said, "What happened to the service disruption?" I just so happened to have a tab still open that had that original graphic on it, and that's yeah. why I was able to screenshot it. Yeah. But I refreshed it and it was gone. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't want to get into conspiracy land, but I, we've seen that happen. Right. I we've mean, seen it. What you know, I don't know whether that was intentional or not. Is is, is trust designed to be? <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> Probably just a bug. I mean, give them. I no, guess, you give, can't trust the trust, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you anyway, know, so, so what we're talking about. This has been going on for a couple of weeks, and it's been. First of all, it's only been on a, as far as I can tell, any given point in time, like a few pods. So you may be just unlucky enough that your sandbox or your production. It's been some production ones too around right. this, and that's also been intermittent. It's been really bad for like a day or two, and then it goes away and it's fine, yeah. and then it gets really bad again. Um, the original case was actually closed as out of scope slash developer support by whoever was the original one that logged it. But basically, the problem is is like saves. Well, like when we're talking about you know, I think Apex and Visual Force, in some mm-hmm. case, static resources <clears throat> taking at least sixty seconds for a just a small, really small thing. Like say a static resource has got one file in it or one simple Apex class or something. Right. But some of them are as high as ten minutes. Like yesterday, the reason I got involved is because mine were taking saving a static resource file that contained one JavaScript in it, and it's. I don't want to get into why I only had one JavaScript file. A brand new project just starting out is what mm-hmm. it was. Um, that was taking five minutes. I mean, it would upload. I, I'm watching my bandwidth. It would upload in, in a split second, but then it sits in right. Salesforce in pending, 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 pending. And what's happening is, um, I don't want to read anything verbatim here, but um, when, you, when you do any of these asynchronous requests, basically, unfortunately, like when, you, when you're in your, whatever your tool is, Maven's made, whatever, an illuminated cloud. Illuminated cloud. When you when you go to, like, I want to just you know save this Apex class real quick here. That actually becomes a queued job, and not only is it a queued job, but your spot in that queue is weighed against the you know I'll just call it perceived or algorithmic priority. It may not. It may be perceived based on what's in it as a low priority job, and you can you get knocked down. That's why sometimes, <clears throat> and it's all based on, again, you're sh- this is the cable modem model of enterprise computing. You're sharing this server with everyone else. Right. And so if there's a lot of jobs coming in, well, what used to take three seconds to save an Apex class, this, this might take 15, 20, 15, 25 seconds, by the way, which is just enough time to flip over to Twitter. And, and just for your, again, there's, there's studies on this. Like, it blows people's brains up. Like, you get out of the zone. You lose focus. You lose concentration because your tooling is, is, is distracting you. Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not a good tool at that point. It's a distraction. But we're not talking about twenty twenty five seconds here. We're talking about minutes. Um, and so what? Basically, what we're you know they, what we've learned is that <laughs> they they also Salesforce says the problem is then one of the reasons I think why it wasn't it didn't necessarily set off any red red bells is they don't have a good way to know how long a job should take. There's just and and I don't know how accurate this is. This was I think from I think this might have been from Salesforce people, but there's just nothing that says, "Oh, John's Apex classes or his simple static resource that you were doing earlier 
took more than 15 seconds. Like that should, that should, tri- that should start triggering monitor- their monitoring system. But they, it doesn't because they just don't know. They don't, they say they don't have a good way to gauge which jobs should be fast, which ones don't have to be as fast, and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, really? Um, but what we're finding out is that these development jobs get demoted. So you're in a queue, but then you can get demoted. And this, it happens due to a fair usage algorithm that basically like looks at all the jobs in the queue from everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're in the shared, you know, it's a shared queuing system. And so when, you know, when it does get demoted, these deployment jobs go from being like, I don't know, queued and then dequeued and many app servers, only a few and whatever. And it just, it's, just a, it's a scaling problem. That, that's I mean, there's, there's no that's, good answer It's troubling to it. that it's a scaling issue because, it's, I mean, the whole point of the cloud is the fact that it should be able to scale. Uh, I don't have to worry about what resources I'm using. Correct. It's supposed to scale. <laughs> it's not supposed to be your problem. It's not supposed to be my right. problem. Exactly. Well, that's why I say Salesforce doesn't, it doesn't let you scale. It limits. It doesn't scale. It limits. And this is one of those things. Well, Salesforce, hey, man, I'm trying to get my work done here. And I spent half of my day yesterday waiting. And we're, I mean, Apex and Visual Force and Static Resources all day. I spent half my day waiting. Their answer is, well, you saw the guy's case. That's developer support. Closed. And then you could say, well, wait a minute. Don't close this case. This is slow. Oh, well, show me, uh, show me that SLA in your contract that says how long it should take to compile things. and upload. Well, it doesn't, it's not there. It's true. This that is, is true. This, this, I mean, is, this I've, is what I've, we call innovation. I've, I've always felt like development in, in terms of what we do, everything is kind now, of the redhead stepchild of and now, everything. And now we have clients that are getting billed eight hours for what is essentially four hours of work. Yeah. And now you're going to have to stay up late and kill yourself again trying yeah. to get something done because you're on a deadline. Yeah. And you're assuming that the software that this company's paying $300,000 a year for is actually going to do what they say, what it's supposed to do. Yeah. I, I'm not. And I, wonder, I, am, I wonder reading this. I read that whole Forbes article, and they, this guy, I guess, spent time with Benioff. And it, ben, did you read about Benioff eating these gross onion che- cheese mustard burgers and stuff? <laughs> and about like two of them, and just like chow down while he's talking to customers. It's just <laughs> disgusting. Just the, I got a mental image of it, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> but he does. He apparently he has these you know customer dinners all the time, which is actually a great idea. Yeah. But I feel like when he's meeting with these customers. Who at the first of all, what size are these customers, and who at these customers is he talking to? Well, if he's meeting with because them and I having dinner, like, they're huge. I feel like he really has no idea what the facts on the ground are. I don't think it matters to him. It, you know what? Look at the look at the stock market. It, it, it really apparently doesn't matter. I mean, it, it only matters to the point at which it's it's hurting them from growing. And has it hit that yet? It's it's not like like us having a issue on the development side has ever impacted the stock. It's always been. Customers being able to access the software, being able to use the software. Nothing we do affects the stock price. Nothing we do affects Salesforce in any meaningful way. So, so there's it. If it it feels like they don't really care about us developers, and even with everything they're doing with with Trailhead and Process Builder and everything else, it's not it's not this new thing that they're going to enable people with. It's you don't need software. You don't need developers. It used to be no software. Now it's like no developers. Screw those guys. I know. <clears throat> which, you just need your which mouse is, and which a point is, and click which person. Which is disingenuous. I'm, first of all, I'm not the slightest bit threatened by any of those things because it's so disingenuous. It is. I mean, I only write, I only write code because it actually happens to be the best tool for the job, right? And it just takes people who can apply tools, whatever they may be, whether it's a process flow or whether it's Apex code or whatever. It's always going to take smart people to solve 
difficult problems. I'm not the slightest bit threatened, but it's so disingenuous to say, oh, you don't need coders. Well, a lot of times, code is the best tool for the job. Yeah. Sometimes it's workflow is the best tool for the job. But, but to be disingenuous about it, it's just, it's just irritating. Well, it's marketing. But, but I do wonder, you know, at what point is, is this, well, we got to wrap up. Yeah. At what point is, is this going to be a problem for Salesforce? I mean, at what point does, when Salesforce is, is um, and I'm, I'm still amazed, I see them sign pretty big new clients. And I've even seen them where they, um, I've had companies that I've helped their, like all Java or all .NET de- floor of developers convert over to Salesforce, or at least like go in and talk to them and help them, um, just give them advice and here's what you're going to have to look out for, here's how you do continuous integration, here's the tooling story, all this kind of stuff. And they end up going, they end up going with Salesforce. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, all these .NET guys were okay with that? It's, it's where the money is. I guess if they wanted to keep their job, right? I mean, that's you just do it. You suck it up. If and you want to keep it. your job, and and actually, I mean, I, we we got to be honest about this fact. It's where the money is. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's there's money in Salesforce. Don't get me wrong. You can tell by the, the gold rush, all these jackasses that have have gotten in the business. But, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of money in building systems of of all different types, not just Salesforce. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot of cheap dot developers out there. It's a lot of cheap dot. Well, a lot of cheap Java developers out there. There's a lot there. of cheap Salesforce developers out there too. Yeah, they are. But they, I, I guess with most things, you get what you pay for. You but do. I, I you think, always get what you I pay for. I think within the Salesforce ecosystem, there's enough partners out there that recognize talent, that recognize quality work. And, you know, we, we do get paid for that. Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't get paid any more than if I was uh, a guy building stuff. And if my regular gig was like stuff that's uh, um, you know, Python based and, and runs on uh, Heroku. Uh, yeah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's there's high demand within the Salesforce. There ecosystem. is, and it's, and it's growing. The demand, demand is right. really high, so thus we we get paid really well. We can we can make some money in this ecosystem uh, because demand is so high. Well, I think we make money because we do good work. We do we do work that's valuable. When the growth slows, that's when there'll be a shakeout. Yeah, and either the guys that aren't very good <clears throat> fall out. Or the or, guys who are really good fall out. Or the guys who are really good and, and you know, cost that, you know, and, and a commensurate amount get shaken out. Or, they, or the, usually what happened, those are the people who are mobile. Like the people like us, we're, we are mobile. If, if, if that happened in the Salesforce world, and actually we should talk about this sometime. I, I kind of, there are some signs of that. Um, we, we, could, we could switch to something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, you got to go. Yep, I got to go. Hard stop. But, but hold on, just for five more minutes, let, let me... Let me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we go to the five over? Is that, is that cool with everybody? Is that okay with everybody? <laughs> I know you got a hard stop. But. That's great. You guys are awesome. You guys are the bomb. <laughs> and to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Look, mama, I made it to Forbes. Look, mama, I made it to Forbes. <laughs> I'm gonna go